0: Well, I'm thinking with February here, the shortest month of the year. Yes, we've discarded January completely. I, I think 2021 is fully, finally arrived. But uh, what's really changed except the dates on the calendar? I mean, I go skiing every weekend, uh, still write for the blog, still do this podcast every week. Um, Oh, that's right. There's a major change in the leadership of the country. There's that. So, you know. (laughs) Hey, welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Be sure to find us online at tradeshowguy.net, which is a good jumping off point for all the things we do. Great uh, trade show exhibits, uh, two trade show marketing books, training videos, webinars, and much more. Subscribe to my newsletter as well. It comes out every Monday afternoon. It's about a five to seven minute read, I suppose. Links to the blog posts we do as well as this particular um video slash uh, podcast, so just uh, find it at net or go to trade show blog trade show Tradeshowguyblog.com, there you go. Got a fun interview this week, uh, it was shortly after I got into this business a long, long time ago that I ran across a book called Guerrilla Trade Show Selling, co-written by the great uh, J. Conrad Levinson, Mark S.A. Smith, and Orville Ray Wilson, this uh, book right here as a matter of fact. At the time, I was working for a company here in Salem, Interpretive Exhibits in came from a radio background, so I was actually posting interviews, phone interviews that I'd done with a lot of people on our company website before podcasting was really a thing, before they figured out a way to syndicate audio uh, files and call it podcasting. So I I think I might have actually gone to some sort of seminar that Orville Ray Wilson had done up in Portland, uh, got his book, got a signed copy of it, and reached out to him and got him on the the, uh, podcast. At that point even though before it was a podcast and I was going through some files the other day and I ran across his name and I ran across this book and so I emailed him and said hey let's go back on the show you got to come back on the show with me and he said great so we set it up so our guest is co-author of six of the legendary guerrilla marketing books translated into 63 languages and more than 26 million books in print for more than 40 years He's been traveling the world, helping people just like you learn to get the edge you need to win in today's competitive market. He has spoken in more than 1,000 cities in 47 countries on every continent except Antarctica. As an executive speech coach, he helps professionals discover, develop, and deliver their unique Message to the world. Today he's going to share his insights on speaking and marketing in the virtual environments and more. Joining me via Zoom from his studio in the mountains of Coal Creek Canyon, Orville Ray Wilson. A pleasure to have Orville on. I want to welcome Orville Ray Wilson to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Orville, I, I appreciate you spending some time with me. Thanks. It's good to see you again. It's been a while. It's a it's a pleasure, Tim. Thank you. I know we connected many years ago, early on when I got into this industry, and I will tell you that I ran across your book, and I'm not sure how it happened, but you sent me a signed copy of it, and uh, I learned a lot from it about the concepts of trade show marketing early on as I was kind of learning the industry. I came from radio. I had no idea the trade show world uh, existed, and it was kind of fun to go through there, and I picked a lot out of it over the years. Um, uh-huh. and, it's, and I think in the sense it's dated, but also in a sense, the concepts are still clear. I mean, I, the only sense I think it's dated is that social media has come in and changed a lot of stuff, but all well, the gorilla sure.
1: stuff is still true. So all the gorilla stuff is still true. People still use business cards. They still use billboards. They still, use, you know, if they have any sense at all, they pick up the telephone and talk to their customers. Social media has just added a whole nother arsenal of weapons on top of the more than 200 that we've written about in uh in the series over the years
0: yeah you probably got that
1: book back in the back when it first came out we were begging for people to do reviews for (laughs) it but it's uh it's gone on to become one of the best-selling books on the topic uh in publishing history
0: and you've uh, also we mentioned at the top that you've done several other books with jay conrad levinson tell me about that collaboration how that came about i know he's passed in the last few years but uh, that must have been a very fruitful collaboration for you guys
1: Well, yeah, he started with his first book, Guerrilla Marketing, published in 1984. Uh, In 1989, uh, his agent approached me to ghostwrite a sequel on sales called Guerrilla Selling, the rationale being that there were more salespeople than marketing people, and and there was a bigger market for it. And my response was, I didn't want to be anybody's ghost. And uh, so I picked up the phone and talked to Jay about the project, and we instantly became, you know, fast friends. He became the the dad I never had. And, and uh, Gorilla Selling, when it first came out, it sold out its first printing of 25,000 copies before it came out of Bindery. And it went on to become a big success and, and kind of carried the rest of the series with it. Uh, the Gorilla Marketing series now includes 56 titles translated wow. into 63 languages. We just passed 26 million books in print worldwide. The most successful uh, marketing series in publishing history. And uh, I collaborated on six of those titles, along with a handful of other people, including uh, uh, Jay Levinson and Seth Godin and Mark Smith. And uh, there were several of us that produced that body of work. Well, it, it changed uh, a, of a lot about three of the decades. Way,
0: It changed the way people uh, looked at marketing and just how you approached it. Uh, because the you know traditional way was you you went to hire a big ad agency and you put a million dollars into ads and and so many small companies didn't have any of that and what I right. found interesting about the trade show uh, selling is that trade shows as I as I slowly learned over years what trade shows really could do yes it was kind of expensive to get there but you didn't have to throw a whole bunch of money at it you could do a lot of stuff at no. trade shows and get a lot of leads and make it really worth your while if you knew what you were doing.
1: Right. Well, you can you, part, partly this book is targeted to people who you know, can go to a trade show at, and prospect for business as well without buying a booth, without right. spending any money at all. Uh, you know, ask for a press badge and, and go around and interview all your competitors. That's only one <laughs> one of dozens of strategies like that that we write about in the book. Yeah. And there's all,
0: they're all great, uh, great ways to just kind of uh, be on the floor and figure out what's going on and meet people. There's a lot of networking involved. There's a lot of gathering information. And then a lot of the follow-up obviously comes out after the show. So what have you been doing uh, in the last several years? Uh, we kind of talked in the green room about some of the things uh, you've kind of shifted to coaching and that,
1: are you doing much writing anymore at all, for instance, or is he just doing the coaching with clients? Well, I spent 30 years on the international circuit talking about role of sales and marketing um uh, and in 1989 i was in a severe accident and, and uh broke my back it was was paralyzed for a while i spent some time in an electric wheelchair and you know my days of touring and traveling just came to an abrupt halt uh, i i my buddies in nsa my fellow speakers came out of the woodwork and said can we look stamps can we i'll go do the gig for you we'll give you the money it's like no but i could really use some company. So so they come up here to the house and hung out by my hospital bed. And, and we, you know, as people are inclined to do, talked shop. And after a few months, they started asking, how much would you charge to continue coaching me? <laughs> 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 I, I, mean, I thought we were just having a conversation. So Well, no, I, my business has like doubled in the last three months. And it's been really helpful. I'd like to continue that. And so I, you know, reevaluated, and uh, I've always done my best work through collaboration. So I went back to school and got a certification, and and uh, started coaching clients formally. And I help people discover, develop, and deliver their unique message to the world, wherever that might be. So that book inside you, Tim's, going to have to come out, and then we're going to turn it into a keynote speech, and a, sem- a seminar, and a, and a sales presentation, or whatever, to position you as a thought leader in your market. So working I work with clients that are doing public
0: speaking and or writing. So you help them compile whatever message they have and, and narrow it down and uh, right. make, it, make it work for their audience, you know, help uncover who the audience is. Is that a good uh, sense of what you, what you're doing with them?
1: That's right. And then we apply everything we know about the rule of marketing to help them find an audience and find a market and, and <laughs> double their business <laughs> in a year <laughs> or more and, you uh, we had a record year last year doing that. So uh, it's, I'm really excited. I'm not doing any writing myself, except I'm really excited about three different books I'm working on right now with three different clients oh, cool. uh, who are part of that stable. We're very near the ending. It's always exciting when you get it, you know, ready to get a page proof and get laid out and go to press.
0: Well, I know books are challenging, and they're they're long; they're a big project. Uh, I've written and published self published a couple of business books on trade show marketing, and I've written mm-hmm. three novels, and I'm at the second and third pass through a couple of them, and and uh, it's quite a project. Wow. You got to keep a lot in your head <laughs> uh, to keep moving. Uh, I'm curious how uh, the pandemic has affected you and or your clients. Has have you since you've already been doing coaching? Probably not a lot on the road. Maybe it hasn't affected you that much, but are these clients doing like virtual keynotes? Uh, I'm just curious what kind of things that you guys have done to a- adapt to all of that.
1: Well, the clients I'm working with uh, and most of the successful speakers I know uh, from my membership in the NSA over the last 40 years uh, is that you know virtual is here to stay. Yeah. Not just virtual school, virtual work, virtual presentations, virtual education virtual everything is going to be part of our culture, you know, going forward. I mean, if you think back, it wasn't that long ago that, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, cell phones weren't part of our life. You know? <laughs> now they're part of our wardrobe. Now, now. you people bump
0: into you walking <laughs> down the street because they're paying right. attention to their phone and not where they're walking.
1: And, and is going to be, I, I was just sitting through a masterclass yesterday with uh, Patricia Cripps, the SPCT, past president of the National Security Association. She's been, Uh, my coach on and off over the years Uh, and she was, uh, was saying that, you know, this is here to stay and we all have to be able to master this technology and be effective within this medium. And it requires everything that you know about storytelling and stagecraft and content delivery and adult learning and, and, you know, all, all of the things that would go into a live presentation Except now we have to squeeze it through a fiber of glass the size of a human hair, yeah. <laughs> and and that poses a lot of challenges. Uh, the clients I'm working with are doing two things in the virtual world. One, they're doing live presentations, um, you know, ranging from 15 people in a vistage uh, session to a couple of thousand people in a virtual keynote. Big, you know, big room, big big virtual stage, if you will. Uh, and they're also making a transition to online learning, where they're taking you know, their book or their seminar or their, or their coursework that they normally would deliver to a team on site. And they're putting that up online um, in online learning modules. And the ones who are most successful are actually using this hybrid approach where they combine, say, a live keynote uh, kickoff then with a timed uh, co- you know, courseware assignment and uh, supporting that with one-on-one uh, contact and, and individual coaching of those, uh, of those students as they work through. And then a final capstone uh, uh, summary uh, presentation uh, at the end, uh, coupled with a continuity program so that they drip feed that content to that audience uh, continuously over the next year or so to, to uh, in- encourage and reinforce them to use what they've learned.
0: Yeah, it's great to see the tools really come to fruition for all that. I know that a lot of the, I, I saw online classes kind of start 10 or 12 years ago. I looked into it. There's there's like software that you can use for websites uh, uh, when you're building your site, a lot of plugins for WordPress and things like that to, 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 to dole the classes out on a paid basis. But, you know, since then, you're right. A lot of things have changed. Video has just become the dominant force online, uh, as you can tell by, by everyone doing Zoom meetings and getting Zoom fatigue. Right. Um, I want to kind of shift before we uh, wrap this up. I want to uh, go back to the trade show world uh, with the guerrilla trade show selling. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the tips that you give uh, some exhibitors, what would you say to exhibitors like basic boothsmanship? Uh, you know, one, what, what should they remember when they're in the booth? There's a lot of things that are no nos. What kind of top of the mind tips come to mind?
1: Well uh, divide your budget into thirds and in a third of your budget in advance of the show to let your audience, especially your customers, know that you're going to be there and where they can find you. Uh, update your graphics. Make sure you have good, you know, collateral material. Um, put a process in place to capture and uh, screen leads and respond to those leads immediately. And a third of your budget at the show. That includes the rental of the exhibit space, uh, your travel expenses, etc. And then save a third of your budget for after the show for follow-up. That's probably where most exhibitors really fall down yeah if i could give them one key piece of advice it would be get off your butt stand up and get out into the aisle i saw an analysis i'm sure you've probably seen this same research where they put video cameras in the ceiling and and then used uh i guess what they call it hot spot you know analysis where they mm-hmm. yep. where they digitally analyze the traffic and and there's an imaginary barrier between the exhibit and the aisle. And that barrier, it, I mean, it's like a Star Trek force field. <laughs> it is. It, it's purely psychological, but it's just as powerful. And often there's a boundary, maybe the aisle carpet is blue and, and the carpet in your booth is bright red. Well, the boundary between those two, that, that, that line forms, literally keeps the, uh, the the people in the aisle from approaching you and the way that you make that that force field go away is to break it up preferably by stepping across that line mm-hmm. or standing right on the line between the colors of carpet and suddenly you'll find that the number of people who make eye contact with you and, and slow down and stop a step or may even initiate a conversation will multiply dramatically and this isn't this isn't something that's fanciful i've I've watched the tape i've seen the video The, the effect is like day and night it's crazy yeah we did some we did some training for the malaysian airport authority retailers so there are 17 airports in malaysia they're all run by the federal government of malaysia and they all have retail space like any typical airport. Each of these retail stores has a grate that rolls down out of the ceiling. And in the Kuala Lumpur Airport, there's a big bright yellow line painted on the floor where, this, the, where the grate comes down. And you, you could, we did time-lapse video with stores who had moved fixtures and exhibit stuff out into the aisle onto the yellow line. They had sometimes twice, sometimes three times as much traffic as stores that kept all of their fixtures behind the yellow line inside the store.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it because it breaks up this this you know this psychological barrier. Our recommendation to them was get on your hands and knees with a razor blade.
0: <laughs> and Scrape the line. Get
1: rid of that. Just get rid of the. It doesn't. You know. It doesn't. It's not doing any good, yeah. right? You're not
0: It's interesting the psychology we go through. And of course, the other part of it we talked briefly about uh, was, was body language. I mean, a guy with his arms crossed is saying to people, stay away, you know. It's right. very subtle. Hands in pockets—that's kind of not as was welcoming. Hands by the side—that's not bad. Uh, you know, eating is really a big no-no. People don't want to bother people eating. So if you're sitting in the back right. of the booth and they can see you, you with a sandwich, you drink. reading
1: a newspaper and and carrying a pizza, right? Yeah. And How today, of course, you've seen that you know, on the exhibit floor. Oh my and of course, God. if
0: you're like this all day long, uh, you know, sitting in your booth, uh, no one is going to bother you. So. Uh, There's a lot that goes into it. Um, it, And and there's so much that you can learn about good boostmanship uh, by having someone that really knows and can train your staff. And I think on a regular basis, because your staff is going to cycle through from one year to the next. They're going to learn. I can something. recommend
1: a great book on that. Job. Yeah, there
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Orville, it's great to see you again. I really appreciate your time. This is the trade show book that I that I got a long time ago, and uh, I, you might have even sent it to me for free. I don't really remember, um, but it's Guerrilla Trade Show Selling: uh, New Unconventional Weapons and Tactics to Meet More People, Get More Leads, and Close More Sales. You're at the very bottom, along with uh, Jay Conrad Levinson and Mark S. A. Smith. So. Uh, thanks again. We'll make sure we put links to, to your site to, to so people can find you and uh, want to wish you well. And thanks again for spending time here.
1: Thank you, Tim. It was my pleasure.
0: Thanks again to Orville Ray Wilson for joining me on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Check show notes for links on how to get in touch with him. Uh, just about to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, this week's One Good Thing, I don't have it yet, but I've pre-ordered it. It's the brand new Foo Fighters album coming out in a few days called Medicine at Midnight. They've debuted, I think, two songs off it. I saw one on Saturday Night Live, and I, I saw a new single in the last couple of weeks. Looking forward to this album. They were going to wait till they were going to tour, uh, but the tours all got canceled. This album was ready quite a long time ago, several months. And finally, they said, "The heck with it. We're just going to put it out and let the chips fall where they may. I can't wait to hear it. I'm sure it'll be fun. Have yourself a great week, and join me again next Monday for a Trade Show Guy Monday morning. Coffee, and find us trade dot net.